The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin overseas in China. Concerns continue over a slowdown in the world's second largest economy. This morning, James McCormick, global head of sovereigns at Fitch Ratings, tells us his agency may reconsider China's A-plus credit score. Factors that would move it are if there was some kind of increase of some of these contingent liabilities in other sectors, the non-financial corporate sector and the banks themselves, become real liabilities for the government. So if it really does extend its balance sheet to to support the economy, and I wouldn't say we're expecting that, certainly recent evidence doesn't suggest that that would be the case, then we might think again. James McCormick with Fitch Rating says China's debt-to-GDP ratio is a bit high for a single-A credit rating. Well, Nathan, among the concerns Fitch is watching, new home prices, which slipped for a second straight month, offering no relief to developers like Country Garden. That company faces a potential default after missing bond payments this month. Risks are also spreading to the financial sector, with global investors like BlackRock and Allianz in focus due to their exposure to Country Garden. And another concern for investors, Karen, one of China's private financial services companies at risk of default. Zhongrong International Trust says it's missed payments on dozens of products. Bloomberg's Brian Curtis has more from Hong Kong. The board secretary of Zhongrong says the firm missed payments on a batch of products on August 8th and that the firm has no immediate plan to make clients whole. That would suggest that issues at the firm are deeper than previously known. Zhongrong International is owned by Zhongzhi Enterprise Group. At least 30 products are now overdue. In Hong Kong, Brian Curtis, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Brian, thanks for all these concerns over China weighing on stocks in Asia today. Hong Kong's main index falling 1.3 percent stocks in China slumped seven-tenths of a percent, and the Nikkei in Japan dropped 1.4 percent. Heading across the Pacific, Karen, let's get you caught up on the latest grim news out of Hawaii. The wildfires there are already the deadliest to hit the U.S. in more than a century. The death toll now stands at 106 as authorities try to identify victims and shelter those displaced. Now, President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are preparing to visit the island of Maui. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has those details. Risk modeling firm Karen Clark and Company, after using satellite an aerial imagery of the Lahaina Town area burn zone says it is $3.2 billion. Says more than 2,200 structures fell with an additional 3,000 structures impacted. President Joe Biden, who's been criticized for not being very visible, says work, though, is getting done. Almost 500 federal personnel have been deployed to Maui to help communities and survivors get back on their feet. Authorities are asking relatives of missing people to give DNA samples in hopes of matching them up. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, let's turn to the U.S. economy now and two reports on today's agenda. The Fed issues minutes from last month's policy meeting, and we also get data on industrial production. Meantime, Fed officials are making comments on future policy. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari says the central bank is not done fighting inflation. It's still too high. The good news is the labor market has remained very strong, but it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because the question in my mind is, 
have we done enough to actually get inflation all the way back down to our 2% mark, or do we have to do more? Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari said the U.S. economy has been surprisingly resilient in the face of rising rates. And investors are also following a slew of retail news this week, Karen. After retail sales beat estimates yesterday, we get more consumer spending hints today from Target. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet reports. Target is expected to report its first sales decline in four years. The retailer is dealing with inventory missteps and a consumer pullback from discretionary items such as home goods and clothes, the bread and butter of Target's cheap, chic merchandising. Analysts are looking for adjusted earnings per share of $1.39 on revenue of $24.9 billion. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. Well, we have some other company news to tell you about, too. Tesla slashing prices again in China. The second round of price cuts just this week. This time, it's reducing prices on the Model S and Model X. That's fueling concerns of the car makers reigniting a price war with EV makers in China. Speaking of China, Karen, Apple's diversifying its supply chain away from the country. Sources tell us the company's beginning production of the iPhone 15 in India. As Apple increases iPhone production there, it's aiming to narrow the gap between facilities in India and China. New iPhones currently set to ship from China will do so several weeks before they do from India. On the chip space, Nathan, Intel walking away from a major M&A deal. The company mutually agreed to abandon plans to acquire Tower Semiconductor. That's after the $5.4 billion deal failed to win regulatory approval in time. We have another inflation note, Karen, this time overseas. Inflation in the U.K. remained higher than expected last month as the cost of travel and holidays climbed. U.K.'s consumer price index rose 6.8 percent in July. That exceeded expectations and continues to make the case for the Bank of England raising interest rates again. And finally, a sad note from the world of finance. Nathan Mark Becker of Apollo Global Management has died of pancreatic cancer. He was 51. In a message to employees, CR Mark Rowan called Becker a larger-than-life presence who made an indelible mark on Apollo. And this is Bloomberg. It's 5.07 on Wall Street. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Legal experts are now offering their predictions for former President Donald Trump's latest criminal case concerning Georgia's election in 2020. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons reports. Ty Cobb served as White House counsel during the Trump years. He tells Bloomberg this is a complex case. There's a real possibility... It never gets tried or it doesn't get tried for five years. Former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, Jim Zion, believes Fulton County D.A. Fonnie Willis is up to the task. It might take uh, some time before they can pick a jury. It might take some time for her to get all this evidence in. But I think she'll try to prosecute the case uh, expeditiously. In Washington, I'm Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Daybreak. The slow process of rebuilding Maui is getting underway bit by bit. The road leading to West Maui is now reopened, but downtown Lahaina is still off limits. Maui County Mayor Richard Bisson says there's a process for reopening the town, and it'll have to happen in phases. Once we've determined that to be a safe zone, Uh, And the EPA has gone through there and they have removed all the hazardous and toxic material out of Hawaii. Uh, Then we can begin the debris cleanup, which is which is a different phase. Uh, And then at some point allow landowners and homeowners and business owners to return to that location. 
The death toll in Maui is now at least 106 as the search and recovery process continues. The Pacific Northwest, meanwhile, is in for potentially record-breaking temperatures this week as a dangerous heat wave is blanketing that region. Forecasters urged people in Washington, Idaho, Oregon, Montana, and California to prepare for triple-digit temperatures through today and into tomorrow. High winds, low humidity, and intense heat also mean a greater risk of wildfires in some areas. North Korea is confirming publicly for the first time that American soldier Travis King did cross into that country. State-run media claimed that King admitted to entering North Korea illegally, expressing a willingness to seek refuge either there or in a third country. The report also says King confessed to harboring ill feeling against, quote, inhumane maltreatment and racial discrimination within the U.S. Army. U.S. officials say those alleged comments cannot be verified. Global News 24 hours a day powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thank you. It is 5.09 on Wall Street. It's time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. John. Karen, the Indianapolis Colts drafted Anthony Richardson fourth overall, and they will start the rookie in week one. He says he's shocked by the news. He only played 13 games in college at Florida, but Colts owner Jim Irsay had already said that he has to play in order to get better. So it looks like there'll be three rookie quarterbacks starting week one with Bryce Young at Carolina, C.J. Stroud with Houston. Those two went 1-2 in the draft. The midseason MLS tournament, the League Cup, continuing with the semifinals. Victory by Nashville, who will host Saturday's final against Lionel Messi and Inter Miami, a team that wasn't very good until Messi arrived. He scored another goal. He has nine in six games. Miami with a 4-1 to victory in Chester, Pennsylvania. Baseball, Red Sox got a leadoff home run from Alex Verdugo and won 5-4 in Washington. The Orioles lost in San Diego 10-3. The Giants held Tampa Bay to three hits and won 7-0. The A's lost in St. Louis 6-2. Big series in the AL West. The big win for Texas as Corey Seager hit two home runs, drove in five. The Rangers beat the Angels 7-3. Big game of the WNBA. They're having a midseason tournament as well. And the Liberty won the championship by beating the Las Vegas Aces 82-63. They had beaten Vegas by 38 in the earlier meeting in New York. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest-growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. 
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager, and the warning signs for China's economy just seem to keep on coming. This morning, Bloomberg News is reporting one of the country's largest trust banks has missed payments on a lot more products than had previously been reported, adding to ongoing concern about the debt crisis in China's property sector that's been rattling investors and has now led China's central bank to take some action. For more on this, we're joined by Bloomberg News China economy and government editor uh, Jill Desis with us this morning from Hong Kong. Jill, good morning. Uh, What more do we know? about these uh, missed payments at the shadow bank. How deep do these problems go? Yes. So ultimately, I think um, part of the issue here is what we're hearing is that this this trust company's ongoing missed payments on dozens of products and that they have no immediate plan to make clients whole. Uh, The issues uh, here that we're exploring essentially um, ignite this idea that there could be some contagion risk from uh, these ongoing issues that we've seen within China's property sector that have lasted for years at this point. A big reason why is because within the country's $3 trillion trust industry, um, a lot of these trust products are backed by real estate projects. And so um, those projects are um, run by the, you know, troubled developers that sort of has a lot of fears about, you know, how much that is actually spilling over into the financial sector. Um, of course, um, these issues that we're hearing about from this trust firm are now coming uh, just days after um, you've been reporting about one of the uh, largest developer, uh, real estate developers in China, a company called Country Garden, um, has had difficulty um, making some of their payments. Um, that's led to fears that we could see a liquidity crisis on the scale of um, what we saw with Evergrande uh, com- a couple of years ago. And so really, it just kind of shows that a lot of these fears that we have about what's happening in China right now are all interconnected and could ultimately uh, lead to um, some more widespread financial risks. And so that's what we're ultimately looking for. Yeah. And we've seen the uh, People's Bank of China start to step in here with some relief, adding liquidity a, a couple of days after um, cutting the rate on one of their uh, key interest rates. Is there more in the toolbox that the People's Bank of China can do to uh, try to boost investor confidence here. Yes, so that's ultimately what we're looking out for. So just yesterday, uh, what we saw was the People's Bank of China lowering the rate on its one-year policy loans, what they call a medium-term lending facility. That's a pretty key interest rate within China. Um, Might uh, lead to the lowering of some other benchmark lending rates a little bit later this month. Um, We were expecting the PBOC to cut that rate at some point uh, within this quarter or next quarter. But the fact that um, this this rate actually came, this rate cut came a lot earlier than we expected was quite a surprise. And so what we've been talking to economists about is the idea that that could actually mean that, um, you know, maybe there's additional rate cuts that we see from the central bank uh, in the coming months. Maybe they also do things like adjust the reserve requirement ratio, the amount of uh, cash that banks have to keep in reserve in order to free up some more liquidity. So there are some additional options within their toolbox that they can deploy uh, in the coming weeks and months. Uh, The question, though, is how much can they actually do? We've been talking for months at this point about the fact that um, the policy within China is somewhat strange 
mind is somewhat limited. Uh, I think the government is wary about, uh, you know, on the fiscal side, taking on too much debt. Um, there are some other constraints that uh, the PBOC is operating uh, operating under. They obviously want to be careful about um, the, the currency weakening too much. And so there are some constraints there, but ultimately it does seem like maybe there's at least some room for some additional easing. And of course, we've uh, spoken as well with the global head of sovereigns at Fitch Ratings. He joined us on Bloomberg Television saying that Fitch may have to reconsider China's A-plus credit score. When you hear that kind of rhetoric, is that the kind of thing that gets the People's Bank of China's notice? I mean, I think certainly, and he, uh, he's not the only one that's been saying uh, comments in recent uh, days. I mean, you know, look at um, what other global policymakers and leaders have been saying. You had, um, you know, Joe Biden call uh, the China a ticking time bomb late last week. Uh, we heard from Janet Yellen uh, just a couple of days ago, sort of assessing risks within the Chinese economy. And then today, uh, the um, the central bank in New Zealand uh, actually came out and said, you know, they were worried about some global risks uh, um, from what's happening with the Chinese economy um, and some concerns that they have about, you know, what that means for export growth, for example. So, uh, yes, I think that um, certainly the fact that you're seeing, you know, global ratings agencies, uh, you know, politicians, um, you know, other policymakers kind of come together and say, you know, they're keeping an eye on what's happening in China is going to get the attention. Uh, um, it's just, a, 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 but I, again, I, I do think that um, you have to keep in mind that uh, the, the Chinese government thinks that there's some constraints to what they can ultimately do with policy and that they're not likely to repeat something on the scale of the massive amount of stimulus you saw them deploy during the global financial crisis. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.